0: For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing all right? So all all our students that are here that that, uh, were at prom last night and get extra credit because they showed up for church the next morning. Yeah, that's good. If you're watching online, we're very excited that you're with us as well. Uh, before we dive into uh, what we're going to talk about today, uh, if you're new to CityWalk or maybe you've been coming a while and you're like, man, I'm still trying to get connected and, and want to know kind of that next step that I can take to better get connected. Once a month, we do a thing called Intro to CityWalk, a lunch. Lasts about 30 to 45 minutes. We provide lunch. We provide child care gives you an opportunity to hear a little bit more about our church, to ask questions, to kind of connect with some of our team. And so today is actually when that's taken place. And so if you're new or if you still haven't gotten connected and you've been here a little while, man, I would encourage you to join us 15 minutes after the service. We'll take care of your lunch. We'll provide child care, like I said and it'll last about 30 to 45 minutes. And it's really, if you're looking to connect, it is the best first step you can take is go to Intro to city walk. And so that is today, and I hope that you will join us uh, over there uh, about 15 minutes after the service. This week, I, I hope you had a good week. One of the things that I found myself doing this past Monday, I actually had a really good week, but Monday was a tough Monday. Uh, Monday, uh, there was a, a time, and maybe you would relate to this. Is, is there ever a time in your life where maybe you'd say, yeah, this actually happens every week for me, where you're working on something and it's kind of a, a tense project and it's you just don't want your kids running in the room. It's, I was in my home office and and you just need to focus on something because you're trying to accomplish something. And so it was one of those things where I was Monday afternoon, I was working on something, kind of trying to accomplish Something that just wasn't working out. I kept trying things, and and the the thing I was trying to accomplish just wasn't happening. And I told my family, just leave me alone. I just need to work on this, and it's not going to be good, but I just need to figure out the best of the bad. And here's what I was trying to do. It wasn't a spiritual project. In fact, you're probably going to lose a little bit of respect for me, like, oh, you got tense about that. But here's what I was trying to do. I was trying to find reasonable plane tickets for my family to go to Alabama this summer. We, we go every summer. We spend about a week with my family and my mom and dad and my brothers. They all kind of live in Alabama, Georgia, that area. And so, man, we're, we're looking for tickets. And I had been waiting and, and just looking at them. I've been looking at them for the last few weeks. And, man, I was trying to just find tickets to get to, to Alabama. And what I was trying to do, I was just trying to find the best way, trying to find the best way to get to the the destination we were trying to go to. And so I was, I was looking everywhere. I was like, "What if we drove to Las Vegas and flew? What if we go to out of San Francisco? What if we go to LA and stay overnight and then go?" I mean, like, I even contemplated. You know, this is how bad it was. I literally contemplated. How bad would I hate my life if I was actually going to drive to Alabama for vacation? And that lasted about five minutes because I knew I would hate myself in midst of that. But, But I was working on this and just literally trying everything. And no matter what I tried, the numbers didn't get much better. And here's the ba- bottom line. The, the only non negotiable I had, like it, it did, it could have one wing. It, it didn't have to, it didn't matter. I just, my only non negotiable was I needed to end up in Springville, Alabama, because that's where my family is. And so, however, we had to end up there, that was my only non negotiable. And, and just like you, when you're preparing for vacation, you're like, hey, here's where we got to end up. And I want to find the best path. To get me to that destination. That destination is the non-negotiable, and I want to find the best path to get me to that destination. And you felt that way. Whenever you plan a trip, some of you are doing the exact same thing. Some of you have felt the exact same tension that I felt as you're trying to figure out, Hey, here's where we need to end up this summer. This is where the family reunion is. This is where the condo is. This is where the vacation is. We got to get there. Now, what's the best, easiest, and most inexpensive path to get there? And so we've all done that. And it's important. Obviously, on vacation, you, you want to have a good trip there and a good trip back, but you have to reach that destination. And so that's obviously important as it relates to vacation, but man, it's even more and much more important as it relates to a successful life. Which leads to a question I want to throw out to you, and I want you to think about it, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, and here's the question. Where do I want to end up in life? Think about it. Just like vacation, you you know where you're going to go, you have a destination, and then you try to find the best path to get there. Well, in life... There's a question that that hopefully you're asking yourself and you've thought through and you have to, maybe you've thought it, maybe you've thought it in different words than this. But the question is simple. Where at the end of this life, where do I want to end up? And before you kind of go to maybe a surface answer like, hey, I want to have money. I want to be successful. I want to have the house and the white picket fence. Before we go to kind of those surface answers that come to our mind when we think of, hey, what do I want out of life? I want you to think a little bit deeper than that. I want you to think below the surface about what at the end of life or throughout my life, what do I hope I can get out of life? What do I want? What's the goal of my life? And here's what I think. As you think a little bit deeper, and as we all do, we're all in different places, maybe in our faith. Some of you are online, some of you are here. We're in different places in our life. We're from different backgrounds, but I would suggest that all of us, honestly, probably want about the same thing. Like, if we were to narrow down and really answer this question where do I want to end up in life? What do I want out of life? Most of us at the foundation want about the very same thing. And here's what we want we want to be happy. We want to be happy. We wanna be happy today. We wanna to be happy in 10 years. We wanna be happy at the end of our life. We want to be happy. We want to be content so that whether circumstances are good or bad, we, there's something inside of us that's not set by the circumstances of the day. We, we want to have happiness. And for most of us, all those other things we think about, like, hey, the white picket fence, the home, the great vacations, the, the, this amount of money in my bank account, are honestly just ways for us to get to this. They're just avenues that you think can get you to happiness. Just like I have things in my life that, hey, if this would happen, and if this would happen, and if we had this, we'd be happy. And, and we all have those things. We all want happiness. And if we were to take some time and we were to go around the room or we were to talk to some of you that are watching online, we, we, we could talk about our life and we could share stories of the ups and downs of our life as we pursued Happiness. And for some of us, you, you've had some, man, some, some great highs, some things that have gone really well in your life. And then there's others where you would share stories of as you're trying to pursue happiness, you maybe have made some bad decisions and you've tried to pursue happiness in some wrong ways. And you would look back now and say, yeah, that, that didn't go well. It didn't get me to where I really wanted to go. It didn't help me get to that destination. And here's the good thing. We're not the first generation to want to be happy. In fact, all throughout history, people have wanted the same thing. People have wanted to be happy. They've wanted to be content. They've wanted the same things that we want today. We have that in common with all of history. In fact, today what I want to do is we're going to look at the book of Psalms. And in the very first chapter of the entire book of Psalms, and honestly the very first few phrases of the book of Psalms it addresses this whole idea of what it takes to pursue and have happiness and, and as we look at the very first chapter we, we see that it's, it's it was probably honestly it was it was probably written as a song and it was probably written by a guy by the name of David we're not sure but it most likely was written by David and as he talks through this psalm, and as he writes what would have been a song, he gives us two paths. One leads to happiness, contentment, and the other one leads to ruin. And he lays them out in a very creative way, and he talks through this whole idea of what does it look like to be happy or blessed. And in the very first phrase of the of the chapter and really the book of Psalms, the very first phrase catches our attention. It says this, it says, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked. I want you to look at that very first phrase. This first phrase, it should catch our attention because all of us want, if we're honest, we want happiness. And he says this, he says, how happy is the one And this word happiness is a a word that means joy, contentment on the inside, deep down, that doesn't go up and down with circumstances, and it's tied to our relationship with God. He says, how happy, how joyful, how content. And then what he does is he talks through some characteristics of people that don't have happiness. He says this. This is the first one. He says... How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked? How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked? What does he mean? He means a person that is content and has joy through the ups and downs of life is someone who is not influenced by the, 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 the advice, by the ungodly thoughts. Of what our world gives us. The the, the person that's happy is not someone who is allowing social media or the news or music or or the influence and the messages of all those things to really set their mind's agenda. I I like how the message says it. The message translation, it, it reads this way. It says, don't walk in the ruts of those blind as bats. The, the, the and, and you know this, I mean 20, 25 years ago, we didn't even know what the word social media meant. And in fact, in 2005, the Pew Research said that there was about 5% of people that use social media. Some of us, man, we didn't even know what that was till way past that. But now that the same research shows that 85% of adults, and if you include teens, it's even higher are involved in social media and social media is not a bad thing it can be used just like anything it can be used for good and bad things but but it's just reality it's just where we live and 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 the pew research uh when they did this they they found out that not only do 85 percent of people use social media on a regular basis but they spend on average this is a worldwide average two and a half hours a day on social media and that's just one avenue of, of media. There's obviously other things. There's, there's music. Now we have the 24-hour news cycle. And so all these things are not necessarily bad. They're just, It's just reality. And, and all these different places and all these different avenues are constantly feeding us advice. They're, it's feeding us information. It's feeding us content. And here's what the writer of Psalms says. A happy person doesn't allow ungodly people or ungodly advice to rent space in their head. And you you know this, just social, and I use social media pretty regularly, but social media alone, if if you're looking for, if you struggle with discontentment, and you use social media quite a bit, I would say, you know what? That might be part of the reason you're discontent. Because what social media does is it feeds us this message of this is what the perfect life looks like and why doesn't your life look like this? because I mean how many of you put up like the worst picture of yourself like when you get out of bed and you still have dinner on your face from last night you got like something on your tooth your hair's a train wreck let me snap a selfie right now and and post that for everybody no 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 it's like hey I I joke with my my daughter when she's getting ready for stuff I'm like babe you getting ready for the prom it's taking forever even when she's not really getting it because man, you put on some different makeup. And my, my, my wife and daughter, they don't use a lot of makeup and stuff, but I joke around with them and and, and you know this. man, when, when when we put stuff on social media, man, it's like I fixed my hair just right. I've actually tested the light to see which angle is best. And if Glenn's there, I actually get Glenn to take the picture because he's better at it than me because I want a good picture. And then I look at the five pictures that I got and I pick the best one. The one that maybe my, my muscle looks biggest in, and you know, let me post that on social media. And, and, and we all do that. We, we post our highlight reels, and, and so we, we, we look at people's highlight reels all day long, and we're feeding ourselves this information that my life should look like this. And if it doesn't, I, why doesn't it? And then we turn on the news, and man, we're fed just information over and over and over. And and some of it's good, but a lot of it's not from God's perspective. And so we begin to listen. And before we know it, and we've told our kids this forever, but we have to believe it ourselves. What we put in affects us. No, I can, watch, I can watch news all day and that, that perspective doesn't affect me. I can look at social media all day and that, that doesn't affect me. I don't want my kid doing that and it's not good for them, but it affects our thinking. And the writer of Psalm says, hey, you, you want to be happy. You, you want to be blessed. Then, then don't allow yourself to walk in the advice of the wicked. Don't allow ungodly influence and thoughts to rent space in your head but then the writer goes on he says i don't want you to walk in the advice of the wicked because that's what unhappy people do but he goes on and it's almost like a progression and he says this or stand in the pathway with sinners because what happens is we, we we go from listening and and beginning to allow some of the thoughts and the influence of things out there to kind of get into our head until so we move to another spot where we're actually finding ourselves kind of lingering and staying and where it was just at first we were just listening. And now we find ourselves in different places. And, yeah, we're not participating at this point in anything that's bad, but we find ourselves spending more time with people that are. It all started with just some, some the advice of the wicked and some ungodly thoughts and some different perspectives. And, and that didn't really affect us, at least that's what we thought. But then we find ourselves moving from listening and allowing those thoughts to impact us to now we find ourselves standing, lingering, in the same places, kind of hanging out. Yeah, we're not participating yet, but we're in those places. Were some of the things that we thought really weren't things that would please God take place. And, and, and let's think about it this way. Let's relate it to what is, it's easy for me and guys to relate to, or something that we like to eat. So when I talk about food or sports, all the guys lean in. So think about this. You're in your home office. You're working away. You're getting, getting stuff done, checking your, all the check boxes. I mean, you're, you're clicking away at your task list. And then all of a sudden you start to smell some, at first it doesn't, you know, it doesn't phase you, but you start to smell some chocolate chip cookies being baked. And again, you're focused, you're, you're clicking things off your list. And so you're, you're not, you're not too distracted at all. You're just starting to allow that smell to influence you a little bit. You find yourself kind of thinking a little bit about those, those chocolate chip cookies. You've w- you w- wiped a little bit of drool off your lips, but you're still focused. But then a few minutes pass, and this little bit of smell that was just kind of catching your attention is now overwhelming you, and it's really all you can think about to the point where you pick up your computer and you take it to the kitchen table and you just start working there because you want to be close to the smell. You want to be there when the cookies come out of the oven. It went from just a, oh, smells like somebody's cooking cookies to I can't get any work done. I'm just going to go to the kitchen because I just need to, I'm not going to get any work done until I get to eat these anyway. So I'm just going to set up in here. And And this is what David's talking about. He's saying, you know what? It starts with like... <laughs> Starts to influence you, and then you find yourself. You know what? I'm just gonna go sit in the kitchen where it's happening. I'm not gonna eat the cookies yet, but I I just want to be close to it because this, the influence of the smell has has drawn me in. It's all I can think about. But then David goes on, and he says, "Unhappy people, they don't they don't take the advice of the wicked. They don't." stand in the pathway with sinners. And then he says this, and it's kind of the final step in the progression or sit in the company of mockers. See, now it's become a, a lifestyle. It's gone from a, a little bit of influence in our thinking to now we're lingering and we're, we're, we're staying right where it's happening. We're kind of hanging out in the middle of it to now when people look, we're participating. We're we're right there. It's it's our lifestyle. It's what we do. We never intended to be there, but but it went from, oh, this this thinking doesn't affect me to, oh, I've got to hang out. I'm not involved yet to, man, I'm in the middle of it. It's part of what I do. It's who I am. And and the writer of, of this psalm, he says, how happy is the person that does not allow this progression to take place in their life? that doesn't allow the advice of the wicked to move you to a spot where you're in the middle of it, and before you know it, that progression has led to you, it be, just being you, it's your lifestyle. He says, that's not what a happy person, that's not their life. And we know this. I mean, some of us, we, we could put a story to these verses. Like we could put our story. I know I can. There's times in my life where I could put my story and attach it to each of these parts of the verses where it it started in my mind and it moved me to a spot where, man, I was hanging out to where then I get to a spot. It's like, what? how did this happen? And I'm guessing if you're honest, there's times in your life where you could, you could do the same thing where you could say, that's exactly what happened to me. And I was the furthest from happy that I could ever be in that moment. The writer goes on and he says, okay, this is what a happy person doesn't do. But then he, he, the very next word he uses in verse 2, he says, but instead, the happy person, he, he, he does something different. It says this, instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. See, instead of allowing ungodly influences and thoughts into their mind that leads them to lingering and hanging out and then participating in things that don't please God and that hurt them and their family. Instead, a happy person delights, takes pleasure in the Lord's instruction. What does that mean? What God says. A person that is characterized by happiness and contentment is someone who takes delight in what the Lord says and, and leans into God's instruction. You, you have people in your life right now, just like I do, that you look forward to talking to. Their, their company, their words are important to you, and I mean, you look forward to spending time with them. You you look forward to having coffee with them. You look forward to visiting their home. You look forward to having them over for dinner. There's, There's people that, man, you delight to spend time with, that you delight to hear what they have to say. You delight to hear their wisdom or their take on things. And the writer of Psalms is saying, hey, a happy person delights in what God has to say, takes pleasure, looks forward to. It's not a drudgery to hear what God's has to say. And, and then he, the, the writer goes on and says, not only does this person delight in the Lord's instruction, but it says this, and he meditates on it day and night. That, that word meditates means he, he ponders, he chews on, he thinks about what God has to say. <laughs> and is the writer saying like, yeah, 24 hours a day, every second of the day, you need to be quoting Bible verses in your head. No, that's not what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, you are spending time with God. You're leaning into his instruction and all throughout your life, all throughout your day as challenges come up as good things come up as tough things come up you're constantly looking at those things through the filter of god's perspective because you have delighted in what god has to say you're spending time with him so that you can see the world through his view and his words view and this is what david's saying he's saying man this is what a happy person does. This is what someone does who's content and has joy even in the midst of the ups and downs of life. And, and then he goes on and he, he kind of talks about what, what does this produce? So, so there's, there's the happy person and, and then there's the person that isn't happy. And, and what do are, what are the two paths produce? And he says this in verse three, he's, he's talking about the person who meditates and thinks on God's word. He says that person in verse three, he's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit. This is, this is the image of a, a flourishing tree that is producing fruit based on what type of tree it is. So a healthy apple tree, is producing healthy apples. A healthy orange tree is producing healthy oranges. A person who follows Jesus and makes God's word central in their life is also producing fruit. And I love the very next phrase. And for some of you, this next phrase is the most important thing you're going to hear all day today. Here's what the next phrase is. In its season... So for instance, if you were to come to my backyard, maybe I'd come to your backyard and I'd see some fruit trees too, but if you were to come to mine, you would see right now, in fact, we, we have some out there that you can eat from my mother-in-law's backyard, but, but you would see some cherries on a tree. You would see some oranges on a tree. But if you were to come at, to my backyard in other parts of the year, you would just see two trees. You wouldn't see oranges on one and you wouldn't see cherries on the other because it produces fruit in the right season. And just like that, the writer is saying, hey, when you delight in God's word and when you make God's perspective kind of king in your mind, you'll produce fruit, but you'll produce fruit in its season. Because here's what some of us do. Well, dang, I read my Bible for a day you know, I I stopped looking at porn for a week, and I read my Bible for a day, and I didn't. I, I don't I don't see a lot of change yet. Like like what's going on? I'm about to throw in the towel. I thought, you know what? If I just read my Bible a couple times and didn't didn't look at that stuff on the internet for a couple days, man, everything would be better. No, maybe it will be, but but it happens in its season. It happens in the right time, after faithfulness, and after we're spending time with God, after we're meditating on what God says, that over time, in season, we produce fruit. And some people might produce fruit right away. They accept Christ, and man, their life radically changes, and they produce fruit. Others, man, it's, it's more of a struggle, and they're, they're, they're working through things, and they don't see fruit as fast as maybe other people. And here's the point. We will produce fruit if we do it God's way, but it will be produced in its season. And not before. And he he goes on, he says, In its season, and its leaf does not wither, whatsoever, or whatever he does, prospers. And so imagine a tree... a river it's the middle of a dry season and maybe a bunch of the other trees are, are withering but then there's this tree in the middle of it that is flourishing in the middle of a dry season it's it's flourishing it's still producing beautiful fruit why is it producing fruit in the middle of a dry season because of what is giving it nourishment And what the writer's saying is through the ups and downs of life, through the ups and downs of the economy, through the ups and downs of COVID, through the ups and downs of disappointment and tragedy, someone who is happy, who is content, who has joy, will produce fruit based on what is nourishing it, not based on the circumstances around it. And here's what's really cool, and maybe you've never thought of this. I know I hadn't really thought of this before. A tree bears fruit for the benefit of others. It doesn't, be, it doesn't really benefit itself. I mean, you think about my, like my orange tree in the backyard, I mean bunch of kids go out there and rip branches, down, trying to get oranges for themselves. And they love them. And they're making orange juice and they're eating oranges and it's great. But the tree, it's not like picking up its own fruit and eating it. I mean, it doesn't really benefit the tree. It fruit benefits others. A happy person is someone who listens to God and obeys God. And as a result, their life benefits others. Dads, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, when you listen to and obey God, your family benefits. Son, daughter, grandparent, when, when God's voice is the most important voice in your life, you benefit those that you love the most. Your life affects and helps those that you love the most. It benefits the fruit from your life, benefits other people. When we choose to listen and obey God, that's what a happy person does. The the writer goes on and kind of describes the path of those who kind of go a different way. So if we're honest, man, one of the paths is, yeah, a a path to happiness, contentment, joy. Your translation might say blessing, but there's another path. And and the writer says this, the wicked are not like this. In the writer, he kind of makes an abrupt contrast. The, The wicked person is not what I just described. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. So, so chaff, what it, what it was, it was basically worthless husk of grain that were basically useless and then would just get blown away. And what the writer is saying is, hey, the, the wicked, the person that chooses to listen to ungodly voices and chooses to follow the progression of listening and kind of lingering and then participating, that person, their life isn't benefiting See, this this chaff that is described, this was worthless. It had no benefit. And the person that takes the path of the wicked, that's what the writer, he's he's describing them as this chaff that is just blown away, that really nobody cares about and doesn't benefit anyone. The wind blows it away, and it says this in verse 5, Therefore the wicked will not stand up in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The writer, he's he's talking about today, but he's also talking about the future, that that a person that follows this path isn't going to survive. They're not going to do well in this life, but they're not going to do well in eternity either. This type of life that doesn't benefit others ends in eternal tragedy. And then he closes the last verse of this First chapter, and he says this The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. The Lord watches over, He knows, He personally cares, He's involved in their lives. If they're the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked, it just just says that that kind of leads to ruin. It leads to disaster. Before we looked at verse one just a few minutes ago, we asked this question, and whether you're watching online or you're you're here this morning, that the question we asked ourselves was this: Where do I want to end up in life? Whether you consider yourself a person of faith, maybe you're somebody that's skeptical of faith, maybe you're not sure what you believe and you're just kind of leaning in and kind of checking this whole thing out. Doesn't matter really where you are, all of us have in common the answer to this question is probably something like, we want to be happy. You might say it differently and you might have specific things you want, but at the end of the day, those specific things that you thought of probably lead you to happiness, at least in your mind. And so if, if, if we all want happiness, we all want contentment, we all want joy that isn't dictated by the circumstances around us. If that's what we want, it leads us to another question. And here's the question, is the path I am on leading me to where I want to go? So, so if I truly want to be happy, if I want to be content, if I want joy, is the path that I'm on, the, the road that I'm on, the trip that I'm on, is, it, is the destination going to be what I want it to be? Because at the end of the day, and, and you know this, you're not going to end up in Florida if you're on a road that leads to Alaska. I mean, you can want to go to Florida all your... I mean, you can dream about Florida. You can have posters on your wall about Florida. You can go to small groups that talk about Florida. But if you're on the road to Alaska, you're going to end up in Alaska just like I am. We're going to end up where the road that we're on takes us. And the writer of of Psalms, he he laid out just two, two clear paths. And he said, hey, one road leads to happiness or blessing or joy, contentment. It doesn't mean that nothing bad ever happens in life. It means in spite of the bad that happens in life, there's contentment and joy. But then there's that other path. And the path leads to what the writer says is ruin. It's disaster. It's a life that doesn't count as far as doesn't make an impact. And so the question is, is the path I'm on leading me to where I want to go? See, and if not, and this is a tough one. This is tough. This is tough to be honest about. This is a tough question to be, to really evaluate my life and say, is the path I'm on going to lead me to where I really want to end up? It's a tough question. But, but here's the, maybe the, the toughest part of the question. If it isn't, are you willing to change paths? If you can honestly say that, man, you know what? The path I'm on isn't going to lead me to where I want to go. Are you willing to change paths? If not, that's up. I mean, everybody can make their choice. You're like, nope, okay. God bless you. You, you don't have to. But if so... If, if, if you're like, yeah, I, I'm on a path that I don't believe is going to lead me to where I really want to go. But man, I'm, I'm willing to change paths. The writer of Psalms chapter one would say that the first step is to change who you're listening to. Because that's what it started with. If you remember, it started with just beginning to allow ungodly advice and influence into our minds, advice that we thought honestly probably doesn't affect me much. But the writer, if if he was here today and say, oh, you, you want to change paths? Who are you listening to? What are you listening to that isn't in agreement with what God says? And evaluate that because changing who you're listening to might be the first best step you can take to change paths. Because when we listen to the right voices, we find ourselves spending time in the right places and our life produces fruit that benefits other people. But when we are listening to the wrong voices, we find ourselves in the wrong places and we find that our life doesn't benefit other people. We're not making an impact. See, one day we're all going to enter the last day of our life and most of us probably won't know. We, we won't know that, hey, I'm entering this day and I will not see tomorrow. We won't know that. But it's gonna happen. And, and for some of us, it, it might be soon. For some of you, it might be 60, 70 years from now. We, we don't know when, but we all know there's gonna be a time when we're gonna enter the last day that we have on earth. And, and when that day comes, We're not going to care if we had the corner office. We're not going to care if we had the biggest house on the block. We're not going to care how many followers on social media we had. What we're going to care about is, did my life matter? Did I live a happy, content life that benefited other people? That's what's going to matter on that day. And here's the good news whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, today, no matter what path you find yourself on right now, no matter what path you've been on this last year, if you're still breathing, you can change paths. And for some of you, you'd say, Chris, man, I'm, 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 and you would say this humbly, man, I'm, I'm on the right path. I'm not doing it perfectly, but man, I've, I am. I'm, I'm trying to allow God's voice to be the voice that really is, is most influential in my life. And I'm, I'm on the right path. And my encouragement to you would be continue, continue to humbly walk that path. But if you're here this morning and you'd say, hey, Chris, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on a path right now that is going to end up in happiness and contentment and a life that really benefits others. Then you can change paths. Let's bow our heads. Just with with nobody looking around as we, we begin to close, we've talked about this already, but whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I want you to just personally, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, man, don't think about anybody else. Just think about your own life. Just kind of maybe evaluate your own life. Where do you want to end up? Where do you really want to end up? When this thing is over, where do you want to end up? Probably for most of us, we'd say, hey, Chris, man, I'm I do I I want to have a happy content life that man impacts others that benefits those that I love the most that benefits those that I only meet once or twice and I just I want my life to matter are you on the right path are you on the path to what the writer of Psalms would say is happiness or blessing or contentment if not Let me ask you a question as with your head bowed. Who do you need to stop listening to? You say, Chris, I'm I'm not on the right path. I find myself being influenced by voices that are not God's voices. Is the Holy Spirit pinpointing something in your heart right now? when When I ask you that question, who or what do you need to stop listening to? Something come to your mind? I mean, don't make something up if it didn't. But but I'm guessing that for some of us, there's something that came to our mind right away. Maybe maybe for you it is social media. Maybe it's man. I just I spend so much time on that, and I I find myself influenced by what I hear and what I see, and it's just not not healthy. Maybe it's something else. It's it's another voice or a few voices that you just say, man. I'm listening to the wrong things. Would you be willing to just cut those out? And then would you be willing to to find some time in your schedule to listen to God's voice? To find some time where you open up God's word and and you don't have 14 things to go do, but you've just set aside some time to listen quietly to God's voice and allow God's voice to. To move over your mind. Do you have a time in your day when you could do that? When you could set aside 10 or 15 minutes and just open God's Word and spend time listening to God? If you're a follower of Jesus, the good thing is you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to help you in this process, to help. You, as you read God's word, to help you as you seek to move voices out of your life, you have the Holy Spirit of God to help you. But you got to take a step. And so what step is God telling you to do? What voice is he telling you to move out of your, your life? When in your schedule is he bringing to your mind where you could set aside some time to hear from God? Would you just obey him? Maybe you're here and you'd say, hey, Chris, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. You've not, any time in your life, you've just not come to a place where you've kind of stepped over the line of faith and you've admitted to God that that you've sinned and that you've believed that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for you. There's just not been that time when you've made a decision to follow Jesus. Well, man, that would be the first best step for you in this process. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online. As we close, if if you're here and you'd like to do that, you can do that today. You can start a relationship with the God of the universe today. You say, Chris, how would I do that? With every head bowed and every eye closed, are you willing to just admit to God that you've disobeyed him? Would you, hey, God, I've I've done it my way and it's not worked. I, I admit that. I admit I've sinned. You willing to believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for that sin? And are you willing to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. Come into my life and transform me. If if the answer is yes, you can do that right now. In the quietness of this room, in the quietness of wherever you're seated watching online or listening to this podcast, would you just in your heart say, God, I admit to you I've sinned. I admit I've disobeyed. I've done it my way. Just tell him. And then just tell him, God, I I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for me. And then just invite. God, come, come into my life forgive me of my sins, transform me now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if if today, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, if you made that decision, we'd love to celebrate with you. If you're watching online, you can go to citywalk.cc. There's a decision card there you can fill out and that'll come to us. We just want to rejoice with you. If you're here this morning, you can reach out right in front of you. There's a card that says decision. Just fill that out, put it in the offering basket on your way out, and we'll contact you and just, like I said, want to rejoice with you and be a help to you in any way possible. Lord, thank you for giving us a path to pursue happiness. I pray that we would listen to you and obey. In Jesus' name, amen.